Welcome to the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the latest marketing trends, tools, and tips, and provide you with the top resources you need to thrive and make your marketing mesmerizing. And now, here's your host, Dimple Dang. Hi there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm super excited to have Julian Espinoza in the house. Julian, welcome. Thanks for having me, Dipple. Super excited. Awesome. Awesome. Tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Thank you for having me on the show. So my name is Julian Espinoza, everyone. The name of my company is called Poppy Digital, and we help podcasts grow from thousands of listeners to hundreds of thousands of listeners. We specifically use paid social media ads to do that, and we've invented and pioneered a process in how to get uh, podcasts to grow using paid social. I love that. Love that. And today we're going to be talking about how to utilize paid ads to promote your podcast. And I think, you know, this is a really interesting topic because people always ask me, how do I get more subscribers? How do I get more downloads? How do I get more views? So I'm super excited to dive right in. And one thing I've noticed, Julian, is everyone has a basic understanding that there's Google, there's pay-per-click ads, there's Facebook ads, and all of these different things. And they know that they can use those mediums to promote their business. But what's really unique is the whole podcasting component of it, because you don't really hear people talk about that too much. Like, how do you use paid ads to promote your podcast So I really want to hear that viewpoint and that perspective from you because you've mastered paid ads when it comes to podcasting. So what are your thoughts on the whole paid ads for podcasting? Yeah, it's really interesting. So I think we'll start off with the asterisk that you got to have a good show. I would say within the first 10 episodes, don't start trying to do any of these tactics. This is after you've developed a show there's there's some key fans who really like the show. You've gotten some feedback that beyond your sister, your cousin, or your friend loves the show. I'm talking about cold people who don't know who your show is. Make sure that you've got a show that people are liking, people are listening to, right? So this is something where it's like you're putting gasoline on a fire, right? So first you got to get the fire, but I'm going to let someone else handle and I'll let you dimple handle how to get the fire going, right? I'm just the gasoline to the fire. So let's say you're at the stage where your podcast has some tractions. Each episode has on average a couple thousand listeners, maybe even the hundred, the high hundreds. Um, and there is some traction. You now have a show that what I would call has good intellectual property. IP is what is the acronym. IP. You have good intellectual property. You have a good show that people want to listen to and people come back week after week for. So that's the first thing. Like you have to make sure that's the case because if you don't have that, this strategy is not going to work really that well. All right. Once you've met that criteria, the next thing is how do you begin paid ads on podcasts. Well, the reason why it's not being done and a lot of people don't talk about it is because traditionally it is not a great resource for a podcast. Think about what a podcast is. A podcast is an audio-based format, okay? So it's only sound. Well, here's the funny part, Dimple, and I'm sure you know this. Over almost, if not 80% of people scroll 
on page on on social media without sound. So inherent, yeah. So inherently, what you have is you're trying to promote something that no one listens to. <laughs> so it's like, why why would we why would we use that? Well, I have cracked the code. I have unlocked the secret, if you will. And okay. it's not that, it's not that much of a secret. It's pretty self-explanatory when you understand it. When you run Facebook ads, and this is at this point, this is for anyone. Whenever you're running Facebook ad, the most important part is what's called the hook. The hook is the first three to five seconds of an ad when someone is scrolling. What you need to do is you need to invoke the manual stopping of a thumb. You have to physically stop someone's thumb. And the way to do that is with a hook, the first three to five seconds. So a hook is not going to stop because of an audio bite. It's going to stop because of something visual. So here's the secret. What you need to do is you need to identify your best episode. This isn't your latest episode. This is your best episode that people have texted you. People have commented. People have said, I started listening to this podcast because of this. And usually that should reflect on your charts, on your statistics, which is your most popular episode. So on average, that episode should have at least 30 to 40% more listeners than your other episodes. That's, that's how you identify what I refer to as a keystone episode. So you're going to identify these keystone episodes and you're going to go through this keystone episode. And what you are looking for is 15 to 30 seconds of the most provocative, interesting, value-driven pieces of information that that particular episode has. Once you've extracted that particular uh, piece of info, a piece of audio bite, you now are left with just audio. So what do you do? You need to create a visual representation of what that audio bite is talking about in a visual format. One of the most simplest ways to do that is using pictures. If you want to go a little bit further and push it, animation. What we've seen is animation actually provides some of the best hooks that you can do in the podcast advertising for paid social world. So what we do is we will take 15, 20, 30 seconds, and we will create an animation for that soundbite. And again, you got to remember that first three to five seconds has got to be really interesting. It's got to be really eye-catching. So what you do now is you have, you have one, one asset that you can promote. And what I usually recommend people doing is I usually recommend five. I usually recommend five different sound bites with proper visual representation. And I recommend testing five different assets. And what you identify through that is what is the thought-provoking or clicking audio bite that you have. And then with that, you can go deeper and I'm sure you'll ask me more questions, but I'll leave it at that. So as a whole, the recap is you need to identify a key episode. You need to identify key clips within an episode. And then you need to create a visual representation of what that sound bite or that audio bite is on screen. And those are the assets you would run in your paid social media campaign. 
Okay, I love all of that. And the hook, I agree, Julian, is so important. And I think that's the one thing that if you if you get that right, then your ad is going to have the probability of being more successful. But if you get that wrong, the whole campaign can tank. And I know this because I myself have set up paid ad paid campaigns like Google pay-per-click and Facebook ads and all that. And there's a lot of factors that go into making a campaign successful, but the hook is definitely one of the most important factors because you literally have one or two seconds to capture someone's attention before they keep scrolling. So you have to stop the scroll. So let's talk a little bit. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that, Julian. I'd love to know when you talk about the creatives if you have any recommendations on what tools you're using to create the creatives, what platforms, what technology? It's a good question. So I always talk about uh, this acronym called CAR. It stands for Capabilities, Access, and Resources. It's something I've invented. Maybe someone else uses this acronym. Again, C, Capabilities, A, Access, and R for Resources. Depending on resources, depending on access, and depending on capabilities, there's so many ways to take it. I'm going to keep it simple for the average person who doesn't have a lot of access, who doesn't have capabilities, but maybe has a little bit of money to spend on a thing to try something. So your best friend is going to be something like Fiverr. And what I recommend with Fiverr is doing your research on identifying really a few different providers who do this. I don't have a set person that I use on Fiverr that I can give you to. I have my own team internally that we've built for animators, but I've used I have used Fiverr for this purpose to to see if this is a process that can be done. And it, can, it absolutely can because I've tested it. So what I recommend is the following. When you do your research, identify 3 Fiverr candidates who specialize in animation. And what I recommend is they're going to always ask you your specifications, like what do you want in animation? What's your style? What's your theme? What are your branding? What are your colors? What I recommend is starting your own Google Doc with a set specifications. So here's a very specific audio bite. Here's our brand. Here's our colors. Here's what our company does. Here's what we do. And being as detailed as you can, and there's a method to this madness. So as soon as you have this, what I recommend is I recommend sharing the same specs with those three providers, okay? So this is a lesson in actually outsourcing, how you source new talent. So what you're going to do is you're gonna share those th these specifications with those three Fiverr candidates. And I actually did forget something important. You want to find a mid, a low, and a high. What I mean by that is you want to find someone who on the low end charges less, someone mid-tier based on the prices, and someone who's higher. So as an example, someone who'd be willing to do this for 25 to 50 bucks. Someone who would be willing to do this for I don't know, uh, 75 to 125 bucks. And then someone who would be willing to do this for around 200. You want to test those three. And the reason you want to test those three is you really want to see the difference in between these uh, creators for you, okay? Because you might be able to get away with the $50 creator. You might be able to get away with the $125 creator or you might not be able to get away with those and you have to do the $200 creator, right? 
Keep in mind, when you're building these assets, you're building these assets to last the test of time. So remember, invest in your assets. Your assets are incredibly, incredibly important. All right, so that is my suggestion. My suggestion is going to Fiverr and having someone create this for you instead of you trying to do this yourself and save yourself the money. I would rather invest. Now, I'm gonna bring up a point. The first thing I said to you was, who is this strategy for? This strategy is for someone who has a show and has had success already. So likely the economics should be there. Your show should be developing. You should potentially already have a sponsor maybe, or at least your episodes should be bringing you business that this you can put gasoline. This strategy, again, is not for beginners because it's going to require some investment and it doesn't make sense to invest in a show that's not successful yet on its own. You want to be marketing a show that is successful on its own and then this is the gasoline. So hopefully if you're the right person, if you're the right circumstances, you have some economic viability that you can hire someone to do this for you. And I recommend starting with Fiverr before you build out your own team. Yeah. You know what, Julian? Fiverr is a great resource. I have used them for many times and I really have a knack for finding the best people on there. I have a system that I use to research them and I read the reviews. And also it's important to check out, you know, their portfolio because a lot of them, of course, they have their portfolio there of examples of the work that they've done. And you really have to pick someone that closely resonates with the type of work that you're looking for. You have to read the reviews you have to also see how they've been online. Sometimes they're on vacation and you need something back in three days. Well, if they're on vacation, you're not going to get it back. So it's like looking for the little clues and also picking more than one person because you want to have some variety to look at. You want to compare and you want to see, okay, what's the best product that I can get created? And that's what I'm going to use in my ads, right? So now when you get everything back, right, what are you going to do with that? Like now setting up a campaign Obviously, you got to get them hooked in. What are some objectives of a campaign for someone who's a podcaster? If they're going to put, you know, money into paid ads on Facebook, like what are some of the common objectives that you think should be the objectives or what are you seeing that people are asking for? Good question. So I'm going to talk to you about campaign structure and strategy, and then I can go into sort of the objectives. The first thing is, and this is a strategy that I've used for myself. A lot of other people have other similar strategies. It's called the three by five, three audiences, five creatives. Okay. So basically what you want to do is you want to set up three different campaigns. This is, um, we're talking about at least for paid social, we're using Facebook and Instagrams because they're the one of the best players for campaigns and, and, and CPMs and whatnot. So the three, five by strategy looks something like this. You're going to set up three different campaigns and each campaign, the differences in between the campaign are going to be your audiences. So what you're going to do is if your website doesn't have a lot of traffic, you can't create a lookalike. So you have to do some detailed targeting. Okay. And so we're assuming that, that, that you don't have a lot of traffic to your site right now. If you don't have a lot of traffic to your site, what you want to do is you want to set up three different audiences. Um, Dimple, I'm going to ask you a question. Give me a, give me a brand uh, and a product, and then I'll talk to you about audiences and I'll show you how I break it up. Give me just picks anything. Okay, let's say Suja Juice. 
Suda juice. Is that a, is that like a healthy green drink? Suja. Yeah. It's like cold pressed juice. Okay. So this is something for like a healthy person. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, great. So the first thing is I'm going to devise uh, three to separate three audiences. So one, I'm going to pick a yoga audience. Next, I'm going to pick a fitness audience, someone who's more interested in fitness, and then maybe someone who's interested in healthy eating, right? And I'm going to set those three up as three different campaigns. And now going to the five, so three by five, the five part. The five part is five different creatives. So remember we talked about the the assets, right? We need to pick five different audio bites. Now they don't all need to be from one episode. They can be from a couple different episodes, but usually you want to pick from your most primary keystone episodes. So you're going to have five assets that you're going to test and you're going to populate that into each of those campaigns. And so that's how you set up the campaign structure. As far as targeting and which what you not targeting as far as how you set up the campaign for what ad which ad performance you're looking for traffic that's what you're looking for so there's on facebook's back end you can click traffic you can click conversions you can click store visits you can click reach you can click impressions there's a lot of different ad categories what you want to select is traffic now, this is where there's going to be a big asterisk and dimple. We can have a follow-up episode, a part two, uh, a month or two from now, depending on when this episode launches, that's going to talk about where you want to send people to. As of right now, where you want to send people to is you want to send people to a podcast uh, player that someone can go and listen to your episode. So specifically if like you use I'll give you an example uh, we use simplecast simplecast will allow uh, allows for a page and an episode page and I'll send people directly to that place it's called their web player and their web player has specific analytics so I can track how many people are listening to those episodes through this web player if you don't use simplecast you may not have that feature so I would send someone to the closest thing you can. Now, let's just say as an example, you don't have any of it and you're only on, let's say, Apple or Spotify. Go back to audiences and I would work on Apple only. So what you can do in, in your audiences, if you selected your yoga, your fitness, whatever your audience is, there's another box that you can check for iOS uh, devices and click iOS devices. So now you know people are th th that we're only going to show ads to IO people who are iOS users. So then what you can do is you can take the episode that you're promoting and you can use the Apple podcast link and use that to send traffic directly to. You're going to lose some attribution. You're going to lose some tracking, but that would be the best way if you don't have something like Simplecast has, which has this specific web player. And so that, that would be my suggestion to start out. Now, the asterisk that I'm going to let you guys know for the future, and I can't talk too much about it yet because it hasn't come out yet, is... Facebook has released a podcast player 
we're going to see a huge change in how people discovered podcasts with this Facebook podcast player. As of right now, we have to keep doing it the way we're doing it. But as soon as that comes out, hopefully Dimple invites me for another episode and I can talk specifically on how to change the target where you send traffic. Yeah, I want to dig a little bit deeper into that Facebook podcast player because I don't know if I should be excited about it or not. I have my thoughts on Facebook, so I'm not going to say anything, but I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. What do you think is going to happen once that's released? Do you think it's going to be a game changer for podcasters where now they're going to have the ability to get a lot more downloads and a lot more listeners, grow their audience because of that? Or do you think it's just going to play a very small, small part? I am a genuinely optimistic human being. (laughs) So I am super optimistic about generally everything. And so I think if Facebook pulls this off, which I think they will, this will literally change the game for how people discover podcasting. I think if they do what what I think they're going to do, which I'm very certain that they will based on the information that I have, two to three years from now, people are going to be like, oh, How did we do podcast advertising before? Wait, what? You guys used to do that? This is going to be the way you advertise a podcast. It's just really, this is how it's going to be. It's going to change everything. Again, that's assuming that they they do what they said they're going to do and they continue to improve the product. Yeah, I agree. And I I think it's something new. It's exciting. And I think if it's utilized the right way, there's, you know, there's huge potential there. I'd love to know, though, in in terms of Facebook, in terms of podcasting and and all of that, what do you think is a healthy budget? When we talk about Facebook ads, budgets can vary, right, so much. Like, what's a minimum budget that you would recommend for someone if they were to do a campaign where you know that, okay, this is going to work. And if you do anything less than this, you might as well not even waste your money. Right. What I recommend, and it's challenging to go into budgets because you have to take into account a lot of different things. So to pull off the three by five campaign structure, I'd recommend at least $150 for a week. So if you do that, that's about a thousand bucks. So if you don't have a thousand dollars to spend, this is probably not for you. I would say a healthy budget would be anywhere to start implementing the strategy from a media buying perspective. Because remember, you got to you got to create the assets too, right? You would need anywhere between a thousand to two thousand dollars a month. That's where I would be if you were going to uh, start trying to do a strategy like this. What have you noticed in terms of average cost per click overall? Okay, Dimple, we're 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 on to the question. You asked what is that on Jeopardy when they have like that whatever the thing is, you've hit that you hit you hit it. You hit the question. Yes. What is average clicks? Can I give some average tough cost lo- per click? Yeah, yeah. Can I give some tough love here? Is that okay? Oh, come on. I know what you're gonna say. You know I know this stuff. I know you don't want to answer this because you're gonna say it depends on blank, blank, blank. I get that. But I mean, overall, of all the campaigns that you've run, what's the average? So I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm not talking about three years ago, Julian. I'm talking about like. Right now. Now, today. And I say that because marketing changes so quickly and people don't realize how fast it can change. They don't realize something can happen. And one day you're paying like $2 a click and the next day you're paying $5 a click. And that happens all the time when it comes to paid media. And I know this because they used to sell it for many years. So. What is it nowadays? Like, what's the average? Yep. Range. Yeah. It can be a range. 
Right. Before I answer that, we have to, I have to address this. And again, this is going to be some tough love. This is why I add the, the disclaimer. This is not, this strategy is not for beginners because you should not be spending $2,000 of your hard money on a product or a show that doesn't have its legs under itself yet, right? This, this is a really pro strategy and I can't repeat that enough. Don't run paid social media unless you've got a show going. Okay. The reason why there is such an astronomical difference in between clicks from the low end to the high end, okay, is because of honestly how good a show is. If I was Joe Rogan and I was interviewing a US president or I was interviewing someone who came back from space or I was interviewing someone someone really interesting, the cost per click on that particular show and that particular episode is going to be dramatically less. I've had the pleasure and the honor to work on some incredibly great shows, really good shows, shows that actually came from movies, people that have seen this intellectual property millions of times. I also work on another show that has on average 80,000 listeners per episode. I get to work on some really cool shows that are really interesting, okay? If you have really good IP, really good intellectual property, and you have a really good show, and your audience is very, very bought in, you can honestly have the clicks as low as eight cents, okay? Which is ridiculous. I've even ran campaigns with, different assets all the way down to two cents on the spectrum on the other side of it if you have a show that its audience isn't super clear it isn't there isn't super fans the ip itself the intellectual property is struggling really figuring out what its show is you're going to be over a dollar and so the average is around 50 cents but that average is, it's not accurate. It's just not an accurate representation of it. If you really got a great show and you've really got your audience figured out, which you should be, if you're going to implement this strategy, you should be aiming for under 50 cents. Absolutely aiming under 50 cents. If you are not getting under 50 cents, then there's something wrong with the structure of the campaign. You've picked the wrong audience or you've picked on Facebook at least or you've picked the wrong assets and you got to go back. So I would keep rinsing and repeating that three by five till you can get under 50 cents on that. And if you, for the life of you, you've tried it three different times, it's three by five, three different times, there's probably something wrong with the show that it's not ready to be marketed yet. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And Julian, you really have emphasized the fact that do not do this strategy until you have a show that you have built up an audience and you have great episodes, you have a lot of downloads, things like that. My question is, if paid ad strategy is not for beginners, but then everyone starts somewhere, right? Everyone starts at some point or another from episode one. We know that. So what advice or recommendations do you have for new people that are just starting and launching a podcast on how they can grow if it's not even a good idea for them to do paid ads and what should they be doing? 
It's a good question. And and honestly, I defer more to you, Dimple, because you're you're way, way better at this than I am. I'm just gonna regurg what you're gonna say, which is getting on other people's shows to, to, to guest. I can tell you a strategy that I have done for myself that's starting to, to gain some traction. But again, it depends on what kind of show you have. I have a short list of some really important guests that I really want to come on my show because they are very, and some of them are not necessarily famous, but the companies that they represent are very famous. And so my strategy is trying to get really amazing guests that can attract. So I think Mr. Savant, and we keep mentioning Mark Savant, we'll give him a quick shout out. Mark Savant with Entrepreneurs and the Podcasting Room. I love Mark. He's, he's a great guy. He hosts on Clubhouse. He's unbelievable. But anyways, so Mark has a phrase, you come for the guest and you stay for the host, right? I think that is my strategy. My strategy yeah, we can talk about guesting and doing social media content and all these different kind of things. I think one of the great things that seems to work has worked for me is getting some notable guests. And it's not easy to get them, Dimple. It's not easy to get them. They're not going to say yes right away. They're going to say no. They're going to give you all these reasons why they can't come on. They're going to not be available for two quarters. They're not going to get back to you. They're not going to reply. I mean, I seriously have faced all kinds of rejection, all kinds of no answer, ghosting, all the things that you can think of. I've experienced it. But at the end of it, there's a light at the end of the the tunnel. And I promise there is because all of this hard work that I've done, I've read the books on of some of these people that I've actually tried to get them on my show. I've added them on LinkedIn. I've sent them DMs on Facebook. I've sent them DMs on Instagram. I mean, I've really done everything. Is it persistence that really has made a big difference and impact in getting these guests? What's the one or two things that, that you think have contributed to your success of getting high level, high profile guests on your podcast? So I think the big overall I think you're right with the word persistence, but there's one there's a there's a keyword above it, resiliency, right? Because persistence and resiliency they have a relationship that correlates to each other. If you're resilient, you're going to keep going, right? And then tackle in the persistence and that resiliency and you've got it. And I I'm going to tell you I'm not going to try to toot my own horn, but I'm incredibly resilient and I'm incredibly persistent. And through all of this, I've landed one of the biggest guests that I can think of. This guest has not even appeared on my peers' podcasts who have way bigger podcasts than mine. I mean, we're talking about the number one and number two podcasts in the world for marketing. He has not even appeared on their show. I got lucky and through the persistence and through the resiliency, I got the head of Google Analytics to appear on my show. Again, He has not even appeared on any of my peers' podcasts. So this is going to be a great asset for me to market. It's going to be a great asset for me to bring listeners. Whenever I tell anyone about it, they're like, I want to listen to that episode. And I think that's going to be the traction I need in order to scale my podcast without using paid social. I love that. And that's huge. And congrats on that. That is super exciting. I love what you said about the whole 
being resilient as well as persistent, because I think that combination together is like just very, very powerful. And it's just that winning combination. Listen, back, back in the day, Jillian, I used to sell pay-per-click ads on Google. I started at this company where I had a book of business as zero and I sold a million dollars in 18 months of pay-per-click ads. So I know all about that. So that's really exciting because I know how complex that stuff can be. It's like, oh, campaign doesn't work. And it's, well, okay, this is why it doesn't work. And it's like the kids sitting there who were like 18, 20 years old that you've hired that aren't doing anything. And then here I am figuring out and doing two jobs for you. Thank you. You know, thank you. But you get it. And I think some people, Julie, they give up too soon. And even with paid ads, it takes time for a campaign to optimize. You can't just do a campaign for a week or two and expect to get results. You literally have to try different campaigns. You have to try different artwork and different posts and different ad copy. And you have to test and you have to tweak and you have to see what works. And sometimes that takes time. And clients, they need to understand that. And that's that's with everything. That's with SEO. That's with paid ads on Google pay-per-click. That's on Facebook ads. I mean, a campaign has to optimize. And in order for it to optimize, you have to put some money into it. You have to put in some time into it. And then you have to see what's performing, what's not performing, and you have to make those tweaks. I have another question for you. When you're setting up your ads, are you doing it all within Google or do you use a platform? Because I know when I was doing it, I did have a platform that I used that I really liked, but I'm just curious like what you like to do. Yeah. So to be clear, uh, we're running paid social media ads. You can count YouTube as a paid social. I'm not using YouTube. And actually, believe it or not, today, literally, I was watching some YouTube strategies because I may start testing YouTube for podcasting, like YouTube ads. But that that's for another day. And, and once I t- have a tr- t- tried and tested platform, I'll let you guys know on that. But we're, what we're doing is we're actually doing uh, paid social and I'm specifically using Facebook and Instagram. Here's a key note. Once Facebook figures this out, TikTok's not going to be far away. TikTok's moving very rapidly. I mean, they now have something called TikTok careers. I mean, they are trying to capture a lot of interesting stuff. And so I think podcasting, because their app is so audio-based, audio is on when you scroll on TikTok, I think that that's going to be a really interesting place for podcasts to grow. Anyways, back to your question. Where am I currently building these campaigns? We're building them in Facebook Ad Manager. And we're selecting the objective traffic. And that's where we build these ads. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I remember when I was building campaigns, I was using a platform called Ad Espresso. And I really liked it because I could test so many different variations, so many different things and, and all that. So, you know, here's here's the thing, Julian. So we've covered a lot. And I thank you for going into details about the whole process, about capturing the attention right away when you're ready to actually do ads when you're not ready. What else did we not talk about that you think it's important for our audience to know when it comes to utilizing paid ads to promote your podcast? What else is there that's really important to share? I think we we did cover a lot of things. I think there there's probably some nuances to a couple things that, you know, working on a, a cheat sheet that people can download. I don't have it ready yet. It's it's in the works. But one thing that you can keep that that you want to consider when you're doing this strategy 
is your reporting. You want to make sure that you're looking at what is bringing you in the best clicks. You want to make sure you're optimizing. So after you run like your first seven day test. So what I recommend is between seven to about 10 to 14 days. Somewhere in that time frame is where you want to run your $150 per day. And once you run that that strategy, you want to see which clips and what audiences are performing best. So let's say one out of three audiences is performing phenomenally better. So then what you want to go do is you want to see what creative is working really well with that audience and what, and then turn off the creatives that aren't doing so well. What ends up happening is I end up, I end up with one audience and about two to three different creatives that are working really well. Once you have that, and it's working really well and it's getting you results. And if that's giving you results, that means you're getting listeners. And if you're getting listeners, that means it's either bringing you customers or more benefit to your sponsors. So you can start charging more, go start building other assets based on other primary keystone episodes. And you want to keep finding and refining till you find the best performing asset that you can find. I can tell you my best performing asset to date has been down to two cents. So if you are not under two cents, you still have a ways to go. (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. I would take two cents any day, Julian. All right. Thank you so much. So you know what? We're down to the wire. Let's talk about if there's anything new and exciting that you're working on that you want to share with the audience. And then also if you have a website that they can go and check out and where they can find you on Instagram, Clubhouse, all of those good things. So I'm an open book. Okay. Anyone can come and ask me questions about my strategy and how we do it if you want to do it yourself. So as of right now, until I have a a do-it-yourself course, it's on me to just answer people's questions. So if you have, if you, I mean, I'm being truly honest, if you, you have set a up question, campaigns, I mean, is this a service you provide for people well, or the, no? The, the, this is what I'm about to say. If you want to try to do this yourself, I for free will answer your questions and I will absolutely be willing to help. Hopefully in the next few months, I'll have the cheat sheet that you'll be able to download. That'll answer a lot of the nuanced questions and the exact step-by-step on how to do it. And then after that, there'll be the course. And so since I don't have a course, the onus is on me. I'm not going to withhold all this information. So if you have questions on how to start this strategy and do it yourself, please reach out to me. If you want someone like myself to do this, there's only two or three people on the planet that do this strategy. And I'm one of them. So feel free to Google search it and you can find my competitors who do this. There's not many people who do this. I I, I think I've developed my own strategy and I'm, I'm pretty confident that I can probably outperform my competitors, but that's another question. That's for another day. So if you want us to do it, please keep in mind, we want to be in a place where you have a really good show. We don't accept just any show. We want to see several thousands of listeners per episodes on shows. That's who's going to be a good fit for us because that means you've got a good show. That means the ads are going to probably perform pretty well. And that means likely that there's some, there should be some economics behind it that can help stimulate this gasoline pouring. So a uh, couple places you can reach out to me. First, my website. 
www.poppydigital.com. You reach out to me on there, you we can talk and uh, you can send me a note, you can fill out our form and, and you can reach out to me. If you want to be a little bit more personal, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or on Instagram. LinkedIn is just my name, Julian Espinoza. Uh, I should be, if I've done my SEO right on LinkedIn, I should be one of the first people that comes up, Julian Espinoza. You'll see it as, as a podcast marketer. If you want to reach out to me on uh, Instagram, Julian Espinoza. Again, if I've done my SEO right, I should appear at the top. Or my actual handle is the boss. Poppy, like Poppy Digital. How'd you come up with that? I just have to ask you, Julian. I've been curious about that one for a while. How'd you come up (laughs) with that handle? My name, if that isn't evident enough, I'm Latino, I'm Latin, I'm Cuban, and I'm Peruvian. A term of endearment that is typically used by Latin mothers in our culture is to refer to their child instead of referring to them by their name, or as Americans would say, hey, honey, come here, honey. We would say papito or mamita. Mamita for a little girl and papito for a little child. It would basically translate figuratively for to little daddy is what it would actually translate to. So my mom has always called me uh, papito or papi since I was little. And I grew up in a non-Latin community and people just realized that I was a Latino. I wore my Latino pride. I speak Spanish. It was my first language. And so one day someone just started calling me Poppy and then it took off and everyone called me Poppy. And so when it came to starting my agency and started, instead of saying ROI, which is return on investment marketers or some stupid version of that. I just said, I'm going to be continue with my pride and who I am. And uh, Poppy Digital was the first name that came to mind. Julian, I absolutely love all that. I love the story. And of course, I'm going to leave it in the show because I think, you know, that's part of who you are. That's like part of history. It's part of your upbringing and your family. So I mean, I love that. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah. Most Latin people uh, are pretty prideful. And I happen to be from Some of the countries that are most prideful, Cubans are really prideful. Peruvians are very prideful. Argentinians and Brazilians are very prideful as well. But yeah, I I happen to just have the right mixture from the most prideful countries. So it comes through in the name of my company. I love that because I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't even know where you're from and all that. So I think that's cool. So thank you so much for sharing that. So I'm being very, very real and raw here, guys. If you really have any questions when it comes to this world, even if you don't, you can't afford to pay us or me, I am willing to answer and help you guys out. That's just who I am, how I live my life. I don't withhold any information unless I've been asked obviously not to share something. But I, if there's any strategy that I can share, I've pretty much laid out how my company operates and how we run paid social for our clients. So feel free to always ask us any questions. Awesome. Awesome. I do have a question for you right now. Do you do paid social for like anything else as well? Like what, I mean, what other services do you provide? Can you share? We were niched to podcasting. So we really specifically want to work with podcasters. We originally, in, in my 15 years of digital marketing, I had been working with e-commerce. So we've shifted to podcasting, but I still have a lot of e-commerce clients just because that's what was left over. And that's where we started. So it would be either e-commerce or podcasts would be a good place. Service providers, 
marketers and people who like trying to generate leads probably is not a good fit for us. But anyone who sells some sort of product online, even if it's like a course or something like that, we can work in that, in that. but something that there is a transaction online. That's where we do well or podcasts. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the mesmerizing marketing podcast. This was so insightful for the audience and you're so sweet and generous to offer your help to anyone out there. So you guys take up Julian on his offer and you know what, we'll definitely have to do a part two in a couple of weeks to talk about maybe the new Facebook podcast player, because that's going to be a hot topic. Absolutely. I'd love to come back once we have some real good information and kind of share with you how to link people. So remember when you do the three by five campaign where you're linking someone to, I kind of said Apple or a specific web player that you have, we're going to potentially be linking back to Facebook itself. And that's going to be really exciting. So I, I look forward to coming back on the show with some really good information on that. Awesome. I can't wait. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Dimple. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe to the show so you don't ever miss an episode and also share it with your friends. Dimple would be so grateful if you could take a minute to leave a review and visit the podcast website to check out all the latest episodes at www.mesmerizingmarketingpodcast.com. That's www.mesmerizingmarketingpodcast.com. And follow Dimple on Clubhouse. Her handle is Marketing Expert. And also join her Mesmerizing Marketing Club also on Clubhouse for live rooms on top marketing strategies for entrepreneurs and business owners who want to mesmerize their marketing. 